We're back with you. Yes, indeed. From Sean Salisbury and Ryan in Sacktown. Now we go to Kings basketball in the NBA with the one and only Jerry Reynolds. The Kings go to Philadelphia for a game tomorrow to take on a Sixers team that will not have Joel Embiid. They will not have Robert Covington. So the Kings getting into Philadelphia at a perfect time. But again, Jerry Reynolds coming up here in a moment on If You Don't Like That. Indeed, uh, holy moly, Jim Bob Oli. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Thank you. A beautiful day here in Roseville. Little nippy, little nippy. You know, fifty-one or two, but but uh, beautiful. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what else was beautiful. I thought the Kings game last night. Yeah, they played Charlotte, but their entire approach. They didn't play well this year on the second night of back-to-backs. We've seen that. But last night, everything clicked, and it was four quarters. They never allowed Charlotte into the game. I was very impressed with what I saw last night. Yeah, they were a good team last night. Like you say, certainly Charlotte's not a good team, but then that's the same not a good team that beat them a few days ago at home. So it was a a definite mentality that we saw and, you know, that you want to see and expect to see where they really came out, I thought, focused, you know, on doing what they do, which is moving the ball well, on offense and, and getting after a little bit defense. You know, we saw, uh, I thought, switched out very well, doubled when necessary on Rozier and Miles Bridges a little bit. So, uh, yeah, very encouraging. DeMontis Sabonis is playing on an incredibly high level, isn't he? Boy, he sure is. You know, I mean, he's one of those guys that I think he's playing a, a notch better than he played last year. You know, I mean, his numbers are a little little bit better. Uh but, you know, I, I think he's just created some extra offensive weapons. You know, he uses a little half hook now, which uh, he shouldn't probably been using, but also the three-point shot. You know, he's shooting at about 40% clip. He doesn't shoot many, but it's clear that he can. And so, uh, and, you know, the, the thing about Domas still, though, is is he brings it every night. He may yes, not he play does. well every night, but there is ne- you never have to question – I don't think I've ever seen a Kings player play as consistently hard every night as Domas Sabonis. What a luxury for a coach, because when you're Mike Brown, you make your lineup card. And that's true, really, of Fox, too, for the most part. But, I mean, you know, as a coach, consistency is what you want from your players. And when you have a player as consistent as Sabonis in a lot of areas, that is a great luxury to have. Yeah, it really is. You know, I mean, you almost pencil him in. It's like, say, for the last five years, uh, he's going to get 19 points. He's going to get 12 rebounds. He's going to shoot 63%. He's going to get seven assists and two and a half turnovers. That's what he's been. (laughs) I mean, and and that's, uh, you know, that puts him in a rare, rare status. And he plays every night. 
You know, I mean, he, he's a guy that when you look at the year-end totals, he plays in 80, 81, or 82 games. Yeah, he, he's got to be really hurt not to play. And and I think, you know, the his stamina is just remarkable for a big. And, and, and he sets more good screens yes. than any big player in the league, I mean, by far. Yeah, I mean, I watch watch them all. I mean, there's other guys that, that are good screeners, but they don't set near as many as he does. Really good situation for Sacramento now with three games left on this trip. You have a Philadelphia team. Uh, Joel Embiid's been ruled out. Robert Covington been ruled out. Then you go to Milwaukee. They're only five and five in their last ten. They have not looked good. And then you go to a Phoenix team that who knows what you're going to get with them. But, you know, this could be one hell of a trip the way it's shaping up right now. Could be. I mean, you're obviously catching Philly at the right time. I, I was yeah. hoping they would uh, win their last game against Atlanta, I think it was. And But because, you know, maybe they'll be – makes them a little hungrier, if anything. But, uh, yeah, without Embiid, I mean, they're still good because Tyrese Maxey's one of those young guards that's uh, kind of still under the radar a little bit. But he's, he's about as good as anybody. And uh, – you know, Tobias Harris. So it'll be a, it'll be tough, but the Kings certainly it's a team that, you know, they, you could go in there feeling like you can win and should win. Maybe. A lot of people asking about Scott Pollard. Um, I've, I talk to Scott almost every day. He's really appreciative of the love and the support. He is going through a tough time. He's optimistic. Uh, the first thing you can do for Scott. Okay. And understand when I say this, you can spell his name with one T instead of two T's, okay? If you really want to make Scott's day, you know, a good day, S-C-O-T. That's a pet peeve is when you put two T's in his name. So uh, if you want to set up a GoFundMe account, you can, you know, I'm sure, you know, go right ahead. But yes, S-C-O-T. That, that's a that's the first thing you do for him. Hey, um, I don't want to deviate too much into this, but Scott would not mind me saying this. Uh, I've been very close with Scott over 20 years. All right. And I, I love the man. And, but what he's going through right now is something you hope that you never have to experience or have a loved one experience, especially at his age, needing a heart transplant. There's never been a male figure in this Pollard, Pollard family tree that's lived over 55. All right. So he's 48. All right, he desperately needs a heart to work and have a quality of life that's much better than his quality of life right now. So we're all thinking about him and praying for him, you know? Boy. I know. Yep. Terrific, terrific guy. Boy, just top of the line, no question. Yep, absolutely. All right, on that note, let's bring Ryan and Sacktown in. Ryan, how, how differently do you think the Kings will attack Philadelphia now that Joel Embiid and Robert Covington, you know, people don't talk. Covington's been huge against the Kings in a number of times, a number of yeah. games over the years. But we saw what Joel Embiid did against Sacramento and Philadelphia last year. I mean, it was like men against boys. Now the Kings don't have to contend with them. Yeah, they don't. And uh, I would expect the Kings to roll into Philly with the exact same plan they've had the past couple of nights. They've had nights where they've had big nights inside the paint on the back of Demonis Sabonis, spread the floor, give him space to operate, and let the three ball be the icing on top of the cake. Jerry, do you think the Kings have uh, consciously tried to go down low more? And, and do you, Have you seen a difference in the last few games? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, that you know, whether they told Domas they want him to go, he's going down there more, I mean, in a sense, looking to score the ball. I mean, so much early in the year, he's looking to pass it out, you know, get hit down into the paint and then kick it out for threes. And I'm not that he still won't do that, but uh, yeah, I think it's making the Kings a little better. I mean, obviously if, uh, because at some point they'll send that second defender at him and that leaves, you know, now you're getting some comfortable open shooters, you know, and if you can get, when you can get Trey Lyles or, or Keegan Murray with their feet planted, uh, uh, you know, those are good shooters. You know, you look at the standings right now, Sacramento was fifth at 23 and 14, but it's so important to end up in the top six because you don't want to be in the play-in tournament. And the difference between fifth and seventh right now is only a game and a half. So, I mean, we keep saying this over and over again. Every game is so important right now with how all these teams, Rhino, are bunched up in the West. It's tight. It is tight, and the Kings should be used to it. They went through it all last year. This is basically the same team. And one good trait about this team, Grant and Jerry, is when they stumble, they usually limit the damage. It might be really ugly for a couple games, but they can keep it to a couple games. So if they can continue to do that, win on the road, this team's looking pretty darn good, guys. Jerry, that's a great point that Ryan just made. You very rarely see this team go uh, past a two-game losing streak. No, that's right. I mean, that's really that's the ultimate mark of a of a winning team is a team that's not going to get into, you know, the four, five, six game losing streaks, which is easy to do in the NBA with the schedule being what it is. But, but yeah, this team, you know, I mean, the the the, the positive besides the overall record is they got a winning record on the road, which puts them in a an elite group right there of about seven or eight teams in the league, and. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about a lot, you and I, Grant. I mean, uh, always, uh, if you're going to really compete for anything at the end of the year, you have to have a winning record on the road and a positive plus minus. And now they are slightly in a, in the plus minus thing. They're a point over the win margin. So so that's good. Now that we'll see how that goes as you get into these some of these uh, bigger name teams. Jerry, we were obviously on a lot of road trips and there were times when we felt like we were on the road all year. Uh, but I was just doing this off the top of my head. The Kings right now are in a streak where they have 12 of 14 games on the road. There aren't many times that I recall having 12 of 14 games on the road. I mean, that's that's crazy, isn't it? It is. I, I can't, you know, I think the same thing. I, I can't recall anything like that. I mean, certainly I know. We've been on some seven-game, yeah, maybe even eight-game, but seven-game trips. But you always come home for at least three or four, uh, but and then maybe another short two-game trip kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is a little bit wild. I mean, that's also true if they can get through it in reasonable fashion. Yeah. You know, just reasonable. Uh, obviously, they're gonna they're gonna have the advantage later on you know i always say i the thing i like about or look at the schedule it's like a team like utah they're starting to win well people say well what's going on there well mainly they're getting play home games they've played about six or seven more road games than about anybody else in the in the east it's kind of like the knicks i mean in the east knicks are about the same thing that's a better team than they're where they are I mean, and they're going to they're going to move up because they they have played a heavy road schedule. Ryan, I got yeah, guys in. 
Ryan, I want to tell you real quickly before we get into this. I got a funny story because we're talking about road games. So uh, we were on the road one year and we got uh, postponed in New York because of snow. So we had to make up that game. Well, the NBA decided to make up that game on a on a seven game trip. Okay, oh, so boy. we started. They 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 added the game. Okay, the road trip was supposed to start in San Antonio on a Monday. They added the game at the beginning of the trip on a Sunday. So I am standing on the floor Sunday night at Madison Square Garden with Jerry. And we're about 10 minutes from going on the air. And I said, Jerry, can you believe that we're standing here on the floor at Madison Square Garden? And tomorrow night, we're going to be sleeping in Orlando. But we have a game first in New York and San Antonio before we go to bed in, in Orlando. <laughs> now yeah. think about that. So we went on Sunday night after the game, flew three and a half hours to San Antonio, played the Spurs on Monday night left after the game and flew two hours to Orlando. So how about that? Standing on the floor. Jerry, have you thought that we're standing on the floor here at Madison Square Garden <laughs> and tomorrow night we're going to be sleeping in Orlando, but we got to play a game in San Antonio first after this game in New York? That's the crazy So, <laughs> So the first question I would ask is how does the per diem work? I mean, do you get triple per diem? Because <laughs> – Two well, cities. you got the same per diem, but for Jerry, it was like triple per diem because Jerry very rarely spent his per diem. I, yeah, I, I tried not to, but but I'll tell you what, when when Grant mentioned that to me, I hadn't even thought about it in those terms, and I was already tired and pissed off before. And then I got to thinking, you know, thinking about the realities oh. of it. It's like, oh, man, I don't need to be Jerry, you, Jerry, you well, can't it, be pissed off when you're I in Madison. Know, but, I know I shouldn't have, I, but, you know, I was. I that was, know. that. you know, when you think about that, though, that, I mean, again, Jerry and I have experienced a lot of things on the road, but that was like, whoa, wow. You know, that, that, that's unbelievable. It really is. But, well, it's doing um, all the, you know, delayed flights over the years, you know, and of course I go back to when we flew commercial and, and, and couldn't get into Sacramento about every other road trip because of uh, fog. Oh. They couldn't. That time you couldn't land. We go to Oakland. Oh, that's the word. Oh, There's that's nothing worse than flying back from the East Coast, having to stop once or twice to refuel on uh, Greg Lukenbill's uh, old plane or even the 737, and then having to go to Oakland, set up a bus, get on the bus, <laughs> and literally end up coming into the parking lot at Arco Arena at like eight in the morning. That was. Yeah, I, always, I always thought it'd be sometimes with the early years of Greg's plane there. It'd been it'd been actually quicker just to uh, taxi all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. Oh my gosh! I told you the story. I used to love going into the uh, cockpit of that plane, uh, and Ford and uh, the co-pilot. They were great, and I always loved used to. I used to love sitting in the jump seat. And I remember one day I went up to the jump seat from uh, Denver to uh, LAX in the middle of the day. And it was a beautiful day. There was just beautiful. It was just one of those just pristine days. And I remember being in the cockpit and I'm looking up and I'm, I'm seeing all these planes fly, you know, right past us. And I said to Ford, I go, Ford, you know, he goes, hey, we can only go so fast. He goes, we're, we're, you literally could see other planes just go, <laughs> You know, it was unbelievable. 
No, really. You know, they, 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 they're just true. barely, just going fast enough to stay airborne is what they were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget being in the cockpit. And I'm really looking at other aircraft go right by us. <laughs> just like, it's, you just can't make that up. You know, Ryan, when we got our plane, we were, the Pistons had their plane and their, their airplane was called Round Ball One. And we started flying on the exact uh, same type of aircraft. And they called our uh, airplane Airball One. So we went from World Champion Pistons to Round Ball One. And the nickname for our plane was Airball One. Airball Airball One. Airball One and later Airball Two. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, we had some good, we had some memories on that. You know, we went to, uh, we had a road trip where we were playing the expansion. Miami, Orlando, and Charlotte on the trip. And I think we scored 70-something points against Miami. That only had like 73 against Orlando. And then we went to the expansion Charlotte Hornets, and we scored only 59 points. You know, the Dick, it was Dick Miles' prevent offense. And the uh, Dick, Dick, quit on the, Dick quit on the flight home from Charlotte to Sacramento and Mitch and the guys tried to talk him out of it. And to this day, we're all wondering why the hell they try to talk Dick out of retiring, out of quitting. Well, that, you know? that was what I think is Wayman Tisdale was saying. He said, "That's right. You know, gosh, we, we you know, what, what in the world are you guys thinking? We had because <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Tizzy did say that. That's exactly yeah, he right. He wasn't a real fan, thinking, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick, Dick had a thing like you know, if you uh, took a shot. Okay, with more than uh, four seconds on the shot clock, you were coming out of the game. It was like Dick believed in using the whole shot clock. On oh, everything. yeah. Oh, got to squeeze that was Jerry. Jerry, those were yep. some boring, boring, boring games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a totally different uh, philosophy as opposed to now where you're probably supposed to get a shot in four seconds uh, as right. opposed to wait to the, the final four. Well, I always remember a story Larry Bird told me that we he was out the house and we were talking about before we played the, the Kings and, and Mata and he said, you know, I know Mata's offense. Everybody does. He said, he said, I know where you sit. You know, at that time I, I was sitting right in the end zone. I wasn't doing TV or anything. He said, first time he, they run this play, I can't remember what, what they called it. I think they called it the get or something. But anyway, first time they run that thing, he said, I'm going to steal the damn ball. And then I'm going to turn and look at you. And, <laughs> And about four, four or five minutes into the game, they ran it. He stole it and just turned around, held it just a couple of seconds, and looked at me, smiled, and and it seemed like about two minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. damn, get on down the floor. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what you call a predictable, uh, predictable offense when the opposition knows it better than you, you do. Uh, you know, in all fairness to Dick, he had a hell of a coaching career, won a championship with Washington. Uh, in 78, uh, you know, he had some, I'll tell you, he did a hell of a job with the Mavericks as an expansion team too. Yeah. You know, it's too bad because I think, you know, this last couple of jobs, you know, with us and Denver and I think going back for even a second stint with uh, Dallas has probably kept him out of the hall of fame because, yeah. you know, his overall record is uh, quite a bit below 500 and, it, and it's a shame, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because it, 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 it's probably like any, like all coaches or sometimes they want to hang on a little too long, maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Kings tomorrow and uh, Philadelphia. You know, if, if 
I think this game's close tomorrow. I could see the Kings winning without Covington and without Embiid. I mean, if you're really going to be objective about it, they should win the game. I mean, they, they should. Without without Embiid and without Covington, they should win the game. Well, you know, they've they won a lot of games without Embiid over the years because he's been out a lot. Yes. I mean, really, he is one of those guys that is going to miss 20 games a year for sure. And uh, I think for the most part, they've, they've adjusted to it. Like I say, they've got a... Uh, two guys that are just legitimate big time. Certainly Tyrese Max is uh, one of the elite players in the league. And Tobias Harris is still, he's good for yep. 20 on anybody, any night. So, uh, you know, this, you're going to have to, King's going to have to play extremely well to win. Let's put it that way, extremely well. The Kings have played worse teams with less important players mm -hmm. out, and those teams have won. Yep. So uh, yes. the, the, the Sixers... Still are, as Jerry just laid out, a great team. Granted, the Sixers have been struggling lately. Yes. Um, but I think what it comes down to is the Kings' perimeter defense on Maxi. Um, that's something the Kings have struggled with all year. Yeah, and then the uh, Kings play Milwaukee, and they have an interesting game tonight. They're taking on Boston, and the, the Celtics are uh, a team that just came from behind and beat Minnesota at home. Now they go to Milwaukee, and the Bucks are uh, not playing very well either. So there's, there's some rumblings about – Adetokounmpo and Lillard not exactly seeing eye to eye, and it's going to be interesting, Jerry, to see how that works mm -hmm. the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not too surprised because I like I say, I mean, Lillard's great. Uh, Adeduk, uh, Giannis is great, super great, what he is. But and then the coaching change it's like you you really you know you fired a coach that had the best record in the league. Lost the playoffs because your star wasn't available. For Got hurt. Game. He he led him to a, a world championship, and so and some reason you decided you needed to change coaches and get rid well, of Drew Holiday. I mean, I I don't. Yeah, I, Drew, that's, Drew, you don't get Drew better Holiday. getting rid of Drew Holiday. Well, and then the classic is if you traded Drew Holiday, you should have made sure he couldn't go to the East to the That's team right. that you got to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm convinced if they'd have known that they were going to, Drew Holiday is going to be playing for Boston, they had never made the deal. Oh, uh, boy. But, but that's why you've got to, you've got to be careful of what you're doing sometime, you know, make sure that certain things can't happen. But, uh, you know, that's, a, you know, they've made Boston better. And they and really Lillard is much better offensive player than and Holiday, but all around I'm not sure he's any better if if it's good. Just well, they made they made the decision to go along with the trends we're seeing in the NBA. They went offense over defense. Holiday, you know what you're going to get on that side of the ball, and um, you know Lillard offensively he can light it up and he is clutch. Yep. Yeah, I mean there's a, he's one of the great truly great shooters i mean it is also true that you know if he scored more than somebody scored less and it may not be at that at kumpo but it might be chris middleton or bobby portis mm -hmm. or, or other guys that usually benefited from drew holiday mm -hmm. yep. hey, i want to tell you about new works plumbing uh they've got a fix for you just go to sackserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen that's uh new works plumbing again they're available 24 7 for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. Just go to sackserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. Kings and Sixers tomorrow, which means Ryan will have the uh, pregame show coming up 30 minutes before tip-off. Then we're back here at halftime and then the post-game show uh, as well. All right, here's a question for you, Jerry, from Sea Dog. 
Have you been underwhelmed or overwhelmed with Victor Wembanyama's rookie season so far? Well, uh, see, dog, I, I've been whelmed. I don't think <laughs> I've been overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I've just been whelmed. I mean, Bingo. there's times there's I've watched him a good bit, and there's times when he just looks like truly a, the next major, major star in the league, and there's times when he looks just like a big, tall guy that's not strong enough to play, uh, yep. you know. And I, I do think he'll be, uh, within three years, will be one of the elite players in the league. I, I really do believe that. He's got to just get a lower, stronger, lower body and a few things. But on the negative, you know, the, the, the hype that was given to him, not that he asked for it, as he was a transformational all-time great, you know, like, but that's clearly not the case because, you know, if he was Jabbar or Magic or David Robinson or Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they made their team significantly better with their arrival. He hasn't done that. You know, the San Antonio won 20 games last year, thinking they're on a pace to win even less. So I, I that's all. So I'm not really trying to knock the guy because, I like I say, I think he'll be an all-time, could be an all-time great, but, but – you can't compare him with those guys. No, you can't. I mean, you you got to be fair about it. If you're not making your team a lot better, then you you've got a ways to go. You know, I think like he's got a he's got a lot of learning to go though, Jerry. I mean, the guys he's playing with in San Antonio. I challenge anybody in the chat to name four other players on that team outside of him. He doesn't have that veteran or that presence to kind of learn the ropes from. And how much of a difference does that make, Jerry? Well, it makes a, I think it makes quite a bit of difference. But, you know, it's, I mean, when LeBron went to Cleveland, they didn't have diddly. They were the worst team in the league. That's why yeah. they got him. And, and, and within a couple of years, he took them to the NBA Finals <laughs> when the right. second best, right. best player was uh, Mo Williams, for God's sake. So, you know, no, no, my answer, yeah, I don't think there's any, but it's also true that they won, what, 20 games last year. Well, it's not a it's not a high mark uh, to get to 25 <laughs> you know i mean it's if you're really and and last time i checked he did have greg popovich as his coach so right. so no I, I i think at some point you can't you can't give credit where it's not due you can give credit for what he's done well yeah he's one of the he's not the best rookie and most valuable rookie in this class anyway that's chad Holmgren. no Yes, and, agreed. And, and uh, you know, I mean, he's made Oklahoma City better. Now, will he be better than Wimbledon in five years? I don't think so at all. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just uh, so basically whelmed. I'm whelmed. Speaking, speaking of Oklahoma City, are we ready to just say, yeah, they are who they are? I mean, they're 25 and 11. There have been a lot of people across the league that said, oh, they're going to come back down to earth. They're not coming back down to earth, okay? They continue to win at a high clip. Uh, they're 14 and 5 at home. They're 11 and 6 on the road. And, Jerry, their point differential is outstanding at plus 7.5. I think they're the yeah. real deal, Jerry. Well, that, that to me, there's two things, as you pointed out wisely. I mean, the point differential and the road record. Yeah. You can't do that by accident. Uh, no, they're for real. I, I think they'll stay there somewhere. You know, I think they, Denver and Minnesota, are probably not going anywhere. I mean, the, the Clippers might could very well be better than any of them 
you know, at the end, but probably not have the same record. But uh, yeah, they're, they're well coached. They they seem to like playing with each other. They've and they've got a, a major star in Gilgus Alexander, whichever team has to have, and and the other and a bunch of other guys who are very good, and they they all fit, seem to fit in with their superstar. They're as serious as anybody else to be that next team in the conversation. Um, there's no doubt about that. And they're built um, for the future. They, they still have picks and firepower. So they're throwback guys. They, yeah. they play basketball a different way. SGA breaks things down, gets to the line. They shoot free throws at a high percentage. And that translates to playoff yeah. basketball. And if they draft well, or they use their draft assets to get their missing piece, that's just another team in the West that maybe we weren't, well, when I say we, that, that many people weren't expecting to really arrive for another year or two. But make no mistake about it. They arrived, and based on how they're set up with their picks and their mm-hmm. youth, I hate yeah, to use the I hate to yeah, use the word they're, 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 but they're, yeah, they're, they're here they're, to stay. They're a year ahead of schedule, aren't they? Yep. You know, I mean, yep. at least as far as I, I mean, everybody liked them, but you just didn't see quite see this coming. And as you pointed out, Grant, I mean, Sam Presti is oh maybe the best in the league. You know, always maybe he and Danny Ainge, you know, they just yep. always kind of head of the game. Now, Presti has, has had to do it with an ownership that really doesn't have a lot of money. And so they've lost guys or, you know, but but he's able to kind of like you say not only get some talent but now he's got 755 first round picks or something for and so you know he'll be able to to continue to build that team so I, I think they're going to be in it for 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 quite a while that's for sure I mean I think these teams are that are ahead of Sacramento right now are all set up very well for the future I think Minnesota is a team that looks very good for the future and I think Denver, they're still a relatively their stars, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are right. I mean, they're not going anywhere. So, you know, when you talk about Sacramento building a championship team, they got a couple of pieces, but they're, they're going to need more than what they have right now, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. yeah and a lot of the, there. Go, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say a lot of the teams you mentioned there, Denver specifically, they went through this process. They did it organically. It took yeah. time. It's natural growth doesn't happen overnight. I mean, look at Miami, look at the Miami Heat the first year that the big three went there. They didn't win that year. It, nope. it sometimes doesn't work when you do it that way. And so the Kings hopefully can continue on that same track. Yeah, well, I think with the Kings too, I mean, they're, they've clearly got two guys, but you need more than that. And look, I think Keegan Murray can be that third guy. Well, yeah. well that, but, that's a, but that's still a, probably a year off. You know, yep. I mean, it's, uh, but, you know, you need uh, three all-star level players. They don't have yep. to all be, be all-stars, but you have to have that. And I think that's uh, that's where they, they, they can get to. And, and it's pretty hard to, you know, you can sometimes get free agents or trade for it, but that's difficult. It's uh, a lot easier to, to get it through the draft and, and draft well, which, of course, Keegan Murray is a good draft. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think for the Kings, we've talked about this before, but they're they're going to need to make a good trade. You know, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it or what player they get, sure. but it's got to be, you know, a trade that makes them a little bit better, you yep. know, differently. It's I'd say like the old 
Corliss Williamson for Doug Christie trade. Well, Doug's not really, wasn't really a better player than Corliss, but he was a better fit and he's what they needed. They didn't need Corliss anymore. They had Pagea. And so, but they didn't have anybody like Doug. And right. uh, that's, I, you know, I kind of see this team a little bit like that. It, it's not that you need somebody uh, just a whole lot more talented, but you need somebody that's a better fit. Uh, 100%, Jerry. And I, I don't think, I mean, Kings fans, sorry to disappoint you. Monty McNair is not going to make a move to make a move. I, I think no. what we've seen from him is he is very calculated. Nothing leaks out of that front office. But what's interesting to me, Jerry and Grant, is what's going to happen with this trade deadline? Because as we get closer, teams are starting to fall more and more apart, which means more and more players may become available, which now makes this move for the Kings all that bigger. So it's really interesting. I mean, you've seen what's going on in Memphis now, right? Yep. Well, Memphis is in trouble now, especially with Marcus Smart being out, Morant's out for the year. No trouble, though, with Bennett's Restaurants because they are consistent with their prime seafood and steak. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com and check out uh, one of their three locations, including Bennett's Westside Grill, their newest location at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. Don't forget about their weekend brunch, the weekend prime rib, everything else, 60 different types of wine available by the glass, Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Well, tomorrow... We have got a busy day, pregame show with uh, Ryan, and then all three of us back at halftime, and then postgame show. Jerry, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, sir. Well, I, I'll try to, and you guys, uh, you know, just do the best you can to come back tomorrow and give 110%, like I know you will. And uh, Absolutely. Maybe we'll just have a, have a nice road win tomorrow. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? We'll be here I talking like about it. it. Ryan, appreciate <laughs> it, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow as well. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. And to you, thank you for joining us right here on If You Don't Like That. Make it a great rest of your Thursday. We'll be back here tomorrow. So long, everybody.